Hi, this is Prophet Terry. Come experience the new you. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Hallelujah. Glory, glory, glory. We welcome the word of the Lord in the house this morning, this afternoon. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And the Lord welcomes you into his house. You are loved by God. If you was not loved by God, you would not be here. Amen. Um, Nicole, where are you at? Make sure you write this down for me, remind me. Um, just before I come out, the Lord said this Friday that we are to have a healing service. This Friday, right? So I'm on trusting you to have, get the word out, right? We're going to have a healing service. Um, I'm not sure exactly how this is going to happen. Probably in the prophetic. But we're going to have a healing service. Right? So. That might include some mental issues and things like that. But uh, probably a lot of physical Amen? All right. That's this Friday. Yes. No times to make flyers. Do it the old-fashioned way. I trust you to get the word out. Maybe there's somebody you've been talking to, ministering to. Maybe they've not spent a lot of money on doctors, what have you. Right? Amen? This Friday. Seven o'clock. Amen? Glory to God. Hallelujah. All right. Um, John 8, 15. You judge, and when we say you, we mean the world. You judge by human standards. Elsewhere in Scripture it says you, it said to Peter, you judge by the viewpoints of the world. Right? Or you, in other places, you judge by mere appearance. And, um, so he's saying to the world, you judge by human standards. I pass judgment on no one. So where do your troubles come from? I pass judgment on no one. The Lord is not doing it. The source of your troubles and your problems is not from heaven. It's a lack of heaven, not from heaven. Now, when I say a lack of heaven, I'm not saying that indirectly your troubles is coming through Jesus. Your troubles don't come through Jesus. I pass judgment on no one. John three seventeen, For I did not come to condemn the world, but to save the world. All your problems is not Jesus trying to get you because you stole cookies when you was seven years old. So, so where does the guilty feelings come? We have uh, chaos in our life and sometimes we feel guilty and we feel bad about it. But that's coming from you and the world. The world loves to judge. And you know, we like to look good in the world and 
and the world decides whether or not if we're going to be successful or not or we're lower class or upper class Jesus ain't deciding that uh, when Jesus when God chose David to be king he chose chose the least and not the greatest so your troubles are not coming from Christ now, we can certainly do things that that are against heaven but he says I pass judgment on no one uh, humans the world judges you based on right now you know the judgment of the Lord has not happened yet because he knows where you come from and where you're going. See, the people that judge you don't know that. They just see you now. Or they might have seen where you come from, but they didn't see any good back there. But see, the Lord sees better than that. And he's not passing judgment on you right now. Uh, even though a lot of times you feel like, God, what am I doing wrong? But even in that, you're insinuating that the Lord has done this to you. Correct? It's okay to say, Lord, what am I doing wrong? That means, what am I doing? What am I messing up that the world is judging me and condemning me so much for? Huh? Those guilty feelings come from you. Yes? I mean, you, you can sin, but you're the one who feels guilty. And what is sin? Well, that's a flexible statement based upon our conscience of what is bad and what is not bad. So, you know, maybe it's the world judging you. Maybe the world is saying you're selfish. The whole world is selfish, but it's always judging somebody else of being selfish. The whole world is proudful, and it's always judging you of being proudful. And sometimes their arrows pierce you and bring you down. Hmm? Now, let's, let's go up to the beginning of chapter 8 to prove this point more that all your troubles has nothing to do with God in fact it'd probably be a lot worse if God hadn't shown you some mercy you didn't ask for can I say that again yes. your life would probably be a lot worse if God hasn't shown you some mercy that you didn't ask for so when we go up to the beginning of chapter 8 we, we find this woman that is called in adultery and the Pharisees and the teachers of the law brings the woman before Jesus and they say to Jesus this woman was called in adultery and by our law in the book of Moses she's supposed to be stoned to death and they kept persisting him you know that's when he was writing in the dirt and then it says you know they was trying to trap him and then the first thing that the theologians of the world say where was the man it don't matter where the man was. That's not the way they was trying to trap him. See, that's the mind of the world that says, where's the man? How come he wasn't caught? He must have been one of their buddies. See, that, that, that's not the question. It says he was trying to trap him, but what they was trying to trap him at is that Moses said, stoner. But by rights, by Roman law, they didn't have the permission to do that. So they was trying to trap him in there. Um, and so, Jesus throws a stone at them. 
He says, okay. I glad you informed me about what Moses said. I was before him, but that's beside the point. I understand what Moses said. All right. The Bible says, Scripture says, stoner. Okay. Now, you without sin, cast the first one. See, he threw a stone right back at him. Because they want him to say. They either want him to go against Scripture, go against what the law of Moses, so they could condemn him, or go against the law of the Romans. So he says, okay, let's stone her. But let you, without sin, cast the first stone. And it says, little by little, they all went away. The oldest ones first. You get more sin when you're older, you know. And so finally they all go. And Jesus said to the woman, where are those who want to condemn you? And she says, they're gone. He says, neither do I condemn you. Then he says, now go and leave your life of sin. See, he just said she's a sinner. This was not a trap. This was not a trick. The woman was called in adultery probably several times. He says, go and leave your life of sin. Now, catch this. Jesus says, go and leave your life of sin. But right above that, he says, neither do I condemn you. Anybody see the awesomeness of that? Hmm? This woman is committed to adultery. By the law of the prophets, she was supposed to be stoned to death. Right? So he says, you know, Where's your condemners? They're gone. He says, neither do I condemn you. Now go and leave your life for sin. Now, Jesus is saying, you deserve to be killed. You deserve to be stoned by the law. But I didn't come to do that. That's not my job. And it's not your job to condemn somebody or judge them because they fall on hard times or they make mistakes in their life. Right? Yes. Now, somebody just had a thought. I just, I'm going to expose this thought. Somebody just had a thought, right? I'm going to expose this thought that you might believe that the Spirit of God is present in this house. He's present in every house, yes. Somebody just had a thought. Wow, that is... That is so rough to stone this woman for adultery. You know, first thing is we don't know how many times. Maybe she didn't mean it to happen. But the truth is, you haven't been so insaturated by the gospel. So much to say, that's what the Bible says, do it. You know, of course we know now in New Testament and we learn to forgive. Hallelujah. But somebody had that thought that, that was, the whole time I was speaking about that, they were saying, stone? What kind of God? Stone somebody for making a mistake. Uh, I wonder who had that thought. Uh, you don't know. I mean, you know, you know who God is. You've been around God, but you don't. I mean, you, you just don't 
practice God too much or really think about it. But the whole time I was saying, I was telling this story, you was having this thought. You're welcome to raise your hand if it's you, you know. I might, I might have a blessing for you. You're welcome to do that. But mainly, I just want you to know, hey, God loves you and he heard you. He understands your question. Huh? See, the law required a lot of things that God wasn't particularly keen on, but because it was the law. Right? So, someone in here, you just had that thought. Your whole focus was about spoke to stone a woman because he committed adultery. And, and, and what about him? Because you, you're relating it to yourself and you're wondering, okay, all right, this God is rough, you know. But wait a minute, God's son is right there. He says, I don't condemn you. So he didn't say, are you a sinner? Right after it, he says, go and leave your life of sin. So what does that mean? That means in the middle of all your wrongs, God ain't judged you yet. There's a day coming, and the Bible says your own knees are going to bow, and your own heart's going to confess. Doesn't it? Every knee shall bow. Right? And every heart confess, or every tongue, every heart. Which is it? Heart? Tongue? Tongue. Every tongue confess. See, you think, when you get to judgment, God's going to put voodoo on you. And you're just going to fall on your knees and tell every dirty secret you got. That's the way it's been betrayed, right? Huh? Yeah. Huh. That's not the way it works, you know. I've ministered to people, sometimes even in service, and all at once, anger just comes out of them. Your knees are going to bow, and your tongue is going to confess what is in your heart. That day is coming. You can only keep doing wrong enough until you expose yourself. In fact, you're the one, you're the one punishing yourself. You're the one beating up on yourself. You in the world and anybody else that might not like you. Now, okay, so... so how do we get from the troubles that we have in our life, our financial troubles or, you know, marital troubles? How do we get to that, to sin? Well, see, the combination has always been between sin and blessing. And when I say sin, I mean guilt. See, a guilty conscience will not prosper. Right? So when you're feeling guilty, you're judging yourself. You're saying you don't deserve it. You're, you're punishing yourself or the world or somebody is judging you and punishing you. Look at this woman caught in adultery. Jesus didn't catch her in adultery. He could have just showed up at the house and said, hey, what y'all doing in that? <laughs> nah, the Lord wasn't doing that. It's the Pharisees and the teachers of the law that caught this woman. How? Where's the man at? It don't matter. Uh, maybe he slipped away. We, we don't know. Maybe he was a buddy. We don't know. One thing we do know is the woman was adulterer. We, we don't really know how many times, right? What we do know is 
that they had her in captivity. And the Jews at that time, they had some ability to put people in jail and to hold them for things, but they really didn't have a right to kill people by, by, uh, uh, by Roman law. And so, you know, they got her under judgment. They're trying to figure out what to do with this woman, how to discipline her, how to punish her. And so they see Jesus there, and they also see an opportunity to catch Jesus, you know. And uh, so they don't think he's going to say stoner. So when he turned and said stoner, stoner. But let the one of you that's the cleanest stoner, one of you without sin. So he knows she's an adulterer. Now whether or not if you feel in your conscience, we probably don't feel that way today. Uh, in fact, probably half of us in here are guilty of adultery anyway. So it's like, oh, I don't like this subject today. Adultery, flirted with a married man or a married woman or, you know, some outside sugar or something, you know. Uh, I could explain why the church is so quiet. <laughs> But the Lord says, you know, the scripture says that we are all adulterous if we love the world and not him, right? So we're unfaithful to him. But still, here's the point, and here's the great revelation. You are guilty. And Jesus does not condemn you. He does not pass judgment on you. As the scripture says, I pass judgment on no one. That means everyone. Right? But he's saying to the Pharisees, you judge by the standards of the world. She's guilty. You may be guilty. But here's the thing. And all your accusers, you know, they bring you into judgment. And some of you are guilty of some things. And you're holding yourself guilty. And other people holding you guilty, maybe they know about it, you know, and and these type of things. So it's there. And God knows you're guilty. What he said. First thing is, when you come to him, because believe me, her captors, the ones that had captured her, they didn't want to expect in this outcome, you know. Because it seems like God can be a little tricky too. Uh, <clears throat> so the first thing he does when you come to Christ, he makes all your accusers go away and leave you alone. Hmm? As I said earlier this morning, you know, sometimes I, I, I'm, I've given somebody a word and I, <clears throat> either from the congregation or from people they, they know that's not even present. I hear all these words trying to tell me who this person is. So the first thing I have to learn to do is shut out all those voices that would condemn. When you come to Christ, when you call on Him, yes, I'm not talking about being a perfect Christian. When you call on Him, He makes all those voices go away. All the voices that would judge you, condemn you, 
all those voices that want to see harm come to you, all those voices that want to see you get what you deserve, all those voices. Because uh, adultery is a very nasty thing. It hurts people. It hurts children. It is, it is what it is. But the first thing is he makes all those voices go away. And then you can feel it. And what does he say? Huh? Neither do I condemn you. Now go and sin no more. Because if you sin some more, you're going to find yourself in a worse situation. But his judgment ain't come yet. And that's the awesome thing. The Lord knows where you come from. He knows where you're going. There is a day. There is a day when we're going to see the awesomeness of God. And there is a day when your sins will catch up to you. And there is a day, as Romans says, you know, you're piling up wrath against yourself for the day of judgment. There is a day when bad decisions catch up with you. Now, how do we get to the prosperity? Listen, some people can sear their conscience. People in the world sometimes sear their conscience, and that's why sometimes the wicked, although... We're not really supposed to judge who's wicked, right? Uh, we, could, we could judge, as Jesus said, go and leave your life of sin. So he just told the woman, you know, what you did was sin. But I don't condemn you. And I don't judge you. So the thing that happens is when you begin to feel condemned and guilty, you, you can't expect good things to happen to you in your life. So some of us has that dilemma. We feel guilty about things. People judging us. Maybe they just judge us because they don't like what we're wearing today. Maybe they're judging us for pride that, you know, that, uh, you know, pride never likes pride. Too much competition. Um, you know, you don't, you don't like the way a person's sitting. You don't like the way the person's talking. You just start throwing judgment on people. And see, if, you, if somebody's throwing judgment on you for having pride, then that's sin, right? Yes? So they're accusing you of something. That is partly true. But the truth is they have it too. At every point we judge. Uh, so too do we judge. And so when that's going on, you know, it's, it's going to stop your blessings. Yes? See, anger. Nobody can afford anger. Because once you start getting angry, your blessings... Are disappearing. Once you start holding grudges against people, your blessings disappear. Once you start giving in to anger and you just start to to curse or or any anything that you would do that you know you are not supposed to do, what are the things you're not supposed to do? To start with, there's anything that you won't let somebody else do. That's where the book of truth starts at. Anything that somebody else that does what they do is wrong, that means you can't do it. Because as you judge, right? Uh, but truth is a lot deeper than that. You know, there, there's things that we do that, you know, sometimes people don't realize they got pride or sometimes they don't realize they got anger. That's, I mean, they was raised up in it. They think they're normal. They think everybody else is bad. That's why Jesus passes judgment on no one. But these are the things, and you know, 
it's, it's the world that's judging you. And you, when you're in that spirit, you're in the world too. It's judging you. It decides whether it likes you. If you're from Laventille, they don't like you. They ain't going to give you no chance, you know, what have you. It, it makes judgment about you all the time based on mere appearance, based on who your mother and father was, based on where you live, based on what clothes you wear, based on what car you drive, based on everything. There's judgment all around us. But guess what? It's not coming from heaven. Huh? That, that feeling that heaven is against you is a lie. The spirit of the world is against heaven. It's against that kingdom coming. Because here, this is the reason why you're accusing the wrong person. Because he passes judgment on no one. And the mercies he's shown you that you haven't even asked for are countless from the time he was born to now. He's been so merciful to you. And you didn't ask for it. You didn't believe in him. You called him Shiva. You called him Buddha. You, you called him all kinds of names. He says, that's all right. They'll know who I understand. They, they're not good at remembering names, you know. So one day they'll remember my name is Jesus. Right? Um, the love of God is beyond your comprehension. So when you feel guilty and when you feel like, uh, and, and of course when, when things ain't going right in your life, you, you feel like somebody's doing you wrong. And yes, the Lord is in control of everything, but you ain't invited him in so he can fix your life. See, you want to do things your way, but that don't mean your way is right. Huh? You, you, you want to be a soca singer. And you can't even soak in a tub. Huh? <laughs> You're terrible at it. You can't blame heaven for that. Huh? Maybe if you prayed, the Lord would teach you some soca. Maybe. Uh, we got to get out of this thing of God is not your enemy. He is not passing judgment on. He wasn't passing judgment on this woman called in divorce. God's way is to show mercy. And if mercy don't lead you home. Huh? I don't know what would have been the penalty. I don't think they was going to stone her. I don't know what would have been her penalty. But they all disappeared. And all the people against you will disappear. Their voices will leave your head. All the people that's judging you. Once you get in the presence of the Lord, but are you in the presence of the Lord? Once you get in the presence of the Lord, you'll start to prosper again. Huh? See, the thing I know about God is He leads you with kindness. He does not lead you with wrath. The wrath is your wrath. It's you beating up on yourself. Huh? Yes, when, when somebody goes a little, uh, especially in Trinidad and got concrete walls and you're beating your head against the wall. God ain't telling you to do that. That's your own anger. You're putting your, 
hand through a window or through a door, that's, that's your own anger. Huh? Whatever else you might do in retaliation, that's your own anger. And still, God somehow or another keeps you from cutting your hand off. Huh? That's His mercy. God is there for you. But you've got to get in His presence. Yes? And yes, we've got to leave behind the things that, that we don't let other people do. And we've got to leave behind the things that, that harm people. And, and we've got to quit grumbling against heaven and realize heaven is in control. Jesus has the keys of death and hell. Ain't nothing going to happen. Not a sparrow will fall from the sky apart from the will of God. So but this is the thing we've got. Once he realizes you're not listening, sometimes... Things have to get bad before you see the light. Sometimes things have to get bad before you leave your old life. Sometimes things have to get bad before your marriage can get better. Or before you can get out of a bad marriage. Sometimes things got to get worse. And that's why he is judge. And he is just in, uh, in his judgment of what he allows to happen. Because everything he does is for you. You're good. And nothing is for your bad. As the scripture says, you know, the devil meant it for harm, but God meant it for good. But guess what? The harm that come to you is your doing. And guess what? The bonus thing is, you get to do what you want to do. But what if what you want to do is not what you really want to do? What if what you're feeling is not your feelings? What if it's the world imposing itself on you? What if your feelings to come to church this morning or not come to church this morning? What if those? Not, well, what if those are not your feelings? Huh? You'd be surprised how much the feelings of the world. Listen, there's eight billion people in this world. Don't tell me they're not influencing you. Huh? Don't tell me your family is not still in your head talking. The beauty of coming to Christ and saying He is above all. And greater is he who is in me than all the he's and she's that are in the world. Greater is he that is in me. Because the Jesus I know hmm, has never made me feel condemned by him. He is the one that comes and takes the condemnation off of me. He is the one that says, listen, you made some mistakes, let's go again. He's the one that says, get up, let's go. He's the one who says, listen, didn't I give you that? Now, why would I take it away from you? Hmm? Why would I take it away from you? Huh? Why do you believe all these things that the world says about me? Don't you know the world don't like me? Why do you believe in all these lies? Huh? That's the world in your head and, you, and you've been consumed by the world. Why do you believe in these lies about me? I died on the cross. If I was the God you think I am, I would come and put you on the cross. I died on the cross as a sign to you. I died on the cross as a sign to you that I can take your bullets, I can take your insults, I can take your blasphemy, I can take your cursing me, I can take your being mad at me, and I still love you. So what nonsense you're talking?
his dying on the cross says, hey, throw your nastiness at me. But I still love you. Kill me. I'll let you kill me. But you can't kill me. I'll come back to life in three days. But kill me as many times as you want. Now where do you get this theology? Maybe it's been some pastors that's, that's just trying to make you behave. God going to give you to the devil. God going to burn your house down. God going to break your legs. Hello. You break your own legs. Let's, let's, don't, let's don't water down the, the gospel of Jesus Christ. He died on the cross to say he will take your insults and still love you. He died on the cross. So you say, even after you do all that you want to do to me, I'm going to show up and try to help you. How many times have you killed me? How many times have you been so mad at me you don't want to talk? How many times have you said, I ain't going to church no more? I didn't do that to you. You did that to yourself. But go ahead and blame me. I'll be back in three days. <laughs> I'll be back in three days. Where you get this twisted gospel? That Jesus is passing judgment on you. That's why you got all these problems. Wow. And in our hocus pocus deliverances, we're trying to find out what we did, why we ain't blessed, da 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 da. Listen, we even do that in the prayer room. We'll tell you where you're going wrong in your life. Hmm? Listen, 30 years I've been in this ministry, I have never found that the problem was God. It was always you. God was always the one doing the deliverance and say, hey, I am here for you. Right? There's a right way to do things. The world is created this way. There's a right way to do things. I ain't coming here to dictate your life. I ain't come here to make you know none. come here to make you give up everything huh? and go to some faraway land where they don't even have internet huh? see those that follow the Lord are those that fall in love with him so much and they say Lord I mean, those like myself. Listen, I've tasted the things this world has. I want to follow you. Amen. You ain't got something I can do. Amen. And sometimes, you know, we don't believe that God loves us so much that we could actually follow him as a minister. So he says to us, or some prophet comes along and says, you are called by the Lord. No, that's what you really want to do inside. You're just too fearful to believe it. When the, the Lord, I mean, he'd been speaking to me and marking me since I was seven years old, but when the true conviction came 30 years ago, when the true conviction came, I was in the toilet stall 
because I didn't want everybody else to see me crying about how happy I was. And I said, Jesus, I got to tell the world about you. I didn't ask. And to this day, he ain't stopped me. He's always helped me. Now, some ministers have to have a little push. You can do it. Come on. Go tell them that Jesus loves you. Go tell them. Huh? You can prophesy. Just open your mouth. and Speak what God puts in your mouth. Go ahead. See? Uh-huh. So, you know, some ministers are kind of like that. Go ahead. Come on. Go ahead. You can leave your job now. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm with you. Uh, baby steps. Yeah. You know. Well, he don't call everybody to that. But he does let his witnesses be known. See, this is my job. God gave it to me. I love my job. My job is... Lord, it's not your enemy. Your own stubborn feet, your fearful feet, the, the confidence that the world has taken away from you, or the confidence that the world is giving you that's not based upon truth. We all say, I want to do what I want to do. Well, Lord, you've been doing that ever since you were small. It just ain't working, is it? can't be a mountain climber if you're scared of heights. God ain't stopping you from climbing the mountain and he didn't give you the fear of heights. That's, that's your weaknesses. Listen. But you have a little talk with Jesus. You'll take away those height problems. Huh? You better get rid of them anyway before the rapture, you know. We're going up, 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 up. So you got a fear of heights, you might just decide to go the other way. Oh, no, 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 no. i die if I go that way. Yeah, but you're going to burn if you go the other way. Let's talk about that burning place. You really think God made a fire and he's going to throw everybody in there he don't like? Huh? Some of you have almost caught the bed sheets on fire at night being so angry in your bed. See, some things are visions that we're just afraid to see as truth. Hell is inside of you. It's when all the anger and protest just comes out and you're going to blame the God of heaven. Or you're going to blame somebody else. Rather than say, hey, my own hands has got me where I am at. It is God. That is, show me mercy. Because I realize some people, you, you got the wrong God in your head. Read your Bible. Uh, now listen, I'm not discrediting any preachers. and I'm not discrediting the preachers that, uh, you know, some people need a little dose of fear to straighten their life up. If, if that's what it takes to straighten your life up, all right. Right? But I, I always like... The love aspect. And this is what I believe about God. Because I don't, I, don't I don't know this God that just... I don't know this God that says, uh, you weren't paying attention. 
in service this morning. So I'm going to take away your job. I don't know that God. Huh? That God is, that God don't exist. It makes no sense. I died on the cross. Huh? Try to kill me. Kill me if you want. But I'm going to come back three in three days still loving you. No. I wouldn't suggest you do that. That's not very nice. Yes? It's not very nice. And besides, every time you kill him, you feel all the worse. So if you kill him, you won't, you're really going to feel bad if you kill Jesus, you know. <laughs> you curse him, you're going to feel bad, right? Anybody ever curse the Lord and you feel bad? Anybody just ever curse the sky? You don't even know if the Lord's on this side. You just curse him. You just take him for granted. He's so big, you're going to, I don't know. Be a mosquito? Not even a mosquito. God is greater than that. So if you tried to kill him, if you said, God, you ain't real. So what did you tell him for? I never thought of that. Why did I tell God he's not real? God, you're not real. You know God is real. Huh? Yes. You know he's real. What you don't understand is how much God loves you. And what you don't understand, if you want to be stubborn and do things your way, and you want to be in control, all right. But the Lord's saying, listen, when it messes up, don't say, I wasn't trying to warn you. I tried to warn you through a donkey. I tried to warn you through grandma. Yes. Tried to warn you through the donkey. He's got big teeth. Tried to warn you through grandma. I ain't got no teeth. You just, you just don't want to hear. <laughs> and when you do stupid things, there's always those voices that seem, you, you know they speak in truth, but the, the voices of the world overrides them. And so you go with your way. Listen, when it comes, when God speaks to you, that is not an option. Now, if the Lord says, you go to the left, I'll go with you. Go to the right, I'll go with you. You want this? Okay. If you don't want this, all right. So now you've got a choice. But when the Lord says, do not do that, go this way. He is truth. He is all-knowing. And sometimes we don't talk to the Lord because we're afraid he's going to tell us that our way doesn't work. And we want to find out for ourselves that our way doesn't work, don't we? Huh? Let me learn myself. What part of pain don't you understand? But you know, sometimes desire is so strong. You know it's wrong. Sometimes desire is so strong they eat the whole bucket of KFC. But you know, you know you ain't gonna sleep tonight. Huh? Yeah? You know they're gonna have to pump your belly and, and your wife has gotta rub your belly and massage your belly. All. You know. Uh, 
Your desire is so strong, you don't want to hear what heaven has to say. But your desire may be in error. You may have chosen the wrong person to marry. You may have chosen the wrong work uh, or the wrong job. You, you might have bought the wrong car. You like this car because it come with some sporty wheels. The other car ain't got no sporty wheels. But the car without sporty wheels has a good engine. Yours? It's been doped up. Huh? It's been doped up. It's going to die in three days. <laughs> Lord trying to tell you that's a bad investment. Huh? That's a bad romance. He's there. He's the Savior of the world. And He's the Savior of your life. And let's don't just be all religious. He's not just saving you that one day you can be with Him for eternity. He's saving you right now. That's why He comes into your life. Yes. He could wait till you're old and maybe save, I don't know, 75 resurrections where you killed Him. He could just wait till you're old. He knows when you're going to die. Yes. Even though we could die before our time. He knows what stupidness you're doing. So he knows when you're going when you're going to die. So he could just come to you the day before and say, "Hey, you're about to die. You want to go to heaven?" <laughs> no, he comes to you now. And you kill him 75 times. See, anytime you reject the word, Israel reject Christ. That's why they killed him. You reject the word. You reject the witness. You reject the words that I am saying to you. And they're from God. Then you rejected me. You're rejecting him. And you walk away. We must humble ourselves. A, B, C. Yes, we barely know where we come from. And we still don't know where we come from because it surprises us when we get in the prayer room and we realize what caused their problems. We don't know where we're going. Huh? Just because you're sitting in church, you don't know where you're going. Well, what about day to day? I'm going to do this tomorrow. I'm going to be successful. You don't know that. You're not a psychic. But the Lord knows all. And if you just begin to follow him. And I want you to understand the thing about following Jesus. He, he's not going to put you in a long dress and take your earrings away and no more makeup. He might teach you at some point about adding just a little bit more material or something like that. Huh? He's not going to just make you become a preacher. But listen, if you fall in love with him, you want to preach. Huh? Listen, anybody that says God made them a preacher, they didn't want to. Listen, that's not true. The truth is they was too fearful to do it. The truth is they couldn't believe that such an awesome God could call them to such an awesome task. And it's not that God is going to make you this, this soldier of Christ and you've you got to do all these things and you just 
you know, give everything to the church and you work for the church and da da. Nah. There might be some people that are like that. Listen, if he doesn't pass judgment on a woman caught in adultery, if he don't pass judgment on no one, he's not going to pass no judgment on you because you've never given one dollar to this house and you've been coming here for two or three years. I could find you and still bless you. I'm going to bless you till you feel guilty. That's God. His kindness. Even Romans says, don't you know that kindness leads to repentance? Not the rod. Oh, we'll repent. <laughs> At least on the surface. And that goes on a lot. We think, God did this to me. Lord, I repent. I repent. And so you're feeling better. But then you do it again. Uh, after you realize you're not going to get killed because you look over your back for a few days make sure God is just not going to let you get away and then kill you. If you want to sin, sin. But one day, you're going to judge yourself. One day, truth is going to be known. It's such a terrible feeling at the end of your life when you realize you've been selfish. Never given to nobody. It's a terrible feeling at the end of your life when you realize God has done so many wonderful things for you. And you've never done nothing in return. Huh? It's a terrible feeling when you get to the end of your life and you realize you mistreated your husband or your wife all these years or you, you was too rough on your children. It's a terrible feeling. God wants to save you from that right now. That's your doings. Yeah. And here's the real terrible feeling, but you'll never feel it. When you keep giving in to anger, and your mind just flips out, and you're blaming God and everybody else, and so much so, that you're not even going to change when you see the King of Glory. That's hell. Hell is when you refuse to repent when you even see the truth. That's hell on that side and that's hell on this side. Because huh? some of us, truth is presenting itself to you, but no, 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 no. The solution is there. God is always present. He is awesome. He's not against you. Why do we want to live our life of sin? You know what I realized with the love of God? So when the, when the Lord Spirit fell upon me, as I said, God had been talking to me ever since I was small, and so I knew God was real. But when His Spirit fell upon me, and I realized some things in my life I just quit doing. So here I am, this theologian, I'm trying to figure out how the blood of Jesus I didn't see the blood, but how did the blood of Jesus cleanse me of, how did I get washed? Huh? See, the blood of Jesus not only forgives you, but it delivers you. Amen. Right? Amen. But here's the thing. So, As a theologian, I'm trying to figure out, how does this work? 
but I don't, I don't see no blood. How, how does this work? You know? And then the Lord began to talk to me. For the first time in my life, I felt loved. First thing, when the Lord, when the Spirit showed up, it says, you've never done anything for me. So I felt bad. Then he said, just as you are. And I felt so loved. And I realized I didn't have an appetite for those things I used to do. So yes, it's the blood of Jesus. But it's not just the blood. It's the fact that he loved you so much. He has put up with all your insults. All your grumbling. You have blamed him for so many things. And the only thing he has done is loved you. And showed you mercy. That you don't even know. Huh? Yes. Things didn't come through. Cars didn't come through. Jobs didn't come through. He, yes, he may have blocked them. Because those things are going to destroy you. But at some point. And that's when you're handed over to the devil. For your flesh to be destroyed. At some point, you get so stubborn about wanting your way. God says, listen, I ain't going to stand in your way no more. Yes. But listen. When you don't listen to me. I told you about flirting with those men. And you did not listen to me. I told you, flirting with these men. Just because your father didn't love you. Flirting with all these men going to get you in trouble. Huh? That's this woman. That's the woman at the well. Huh? Jesus didn't condemn her, did he? Huh? Five husbands and the one you're with is not your own. Out of all the people that would have been at the well that Jesus could have met, out of all the people that could have run into the town and said, I have met the Christ. He chose a woman who went through five husbands. One she's with is not her own. And probably she was hoping to get a nice Jewish carpenter. That's why she's hanging around the well. Oh, that's just a thought. Huh? But I told you about flirting with all these men. You just want you, your daddy, your daddy didn't love you. You're just looking for a man's attention. I told you about flirting with all these men. Huh? Nah, nah, I know what I'm doing. I'm, I just, I just, we're just talking. It's nothing serious. Huh? I know how to keep my clothes on. Uh, I know how to do that. But you keep flirting. Listen, daughter, one thing leads to another. Huh? See, right now you wouldn't take your clothes off, but when your blood gets hot, and buttons just stop to magically undo themselves. You don't even know how it happened. Huh? And then it happens. And you feel so bad. And I say, daughter, come follow me. Come follow me. But you ain't ready to follow yet. No, I just made a mistake. I, I, I can do this. Huh? But finally, all of Jerusalem finds out that you're an adulterer. All the Pharisees and the teachers of the law. You're in church, you're trying to hide things from a prophet. You need to go to church where there ain't no prophets. <laughs> but, e but even if there's no prophets, sooner or later, everybody's going to find out. Huh? 
because it wants to come out because you want to feel better huh? that's why you can't ever commit adultery I want somebody to hear me if you're in it thinking about getting in it you can never keep it a secret because it's going to want to come out because the whole spirit of adultery is to do something that God might be upset with it's going to expose itself it's going to expose itself now if you get out of it right now the Lord might can erase those things but it wants to come out a, either you kind of like this person. At first, it was kind of nice sneaking around playing James Bond, you know. Boy. The woman, I'm not, I'm not picking sides right now. Um, you know, at first it was exciting, but then it gets tiresome keeping all these secrets. You know what happens next? You have to keep reminding yourself which person you're with. Because you're afraid you're going to use the other name. That's why you start using words like baby because it's all inclusive. Uh, uh, baby, baby, baby. Uh, because you are the other person. You, it, it, this this getting this this thing getting old and it, it, it actually causes a split inside of you and this is not only with marriage but this is if you're you know you have a boyfriend or a girlfriend uh, this even happens if you cheating on me with another church but that's beside the point. <laughs> sooner or later the truth gonna come catch you either me or the other man we're gonna catch you at the mall one day with the other one. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now, I, I need to be on this subject because I'm talking to some people in here. There's one thing. I just, oh Lord, we just mm, went in that direction. I've spotted two of you already. Don't worry, I'm a nice prophet. So don't lie in church and say you gotta go to the bathroom. I'm nice. I'm not gonna expose you. I'm trying to help you right now. So, first thing, let me explain this. You feel split. It's like, you know, it's like you, you feel it inside. Now, I would say, Anybody's ever committed adultery, is that true? But uh, I don't want you to get slapped in church, you know. So let me leave that question. But maybe you know what I'm talking about. It's like you're two different people. And then if you get a third one or fourth one, it's like it's craziness inside keeping this lie. And then the thing happened. Most of us are, are decent people, so we actually start to like the other person. We say it's just a one-night thing. It's just sex. It ain't never just sex. Mm -hmm. You can't hardly say you love sex with somebody and not grow fond of that person. So all these feelings are in here. Or she might say, and he may say, it's just sex. We okay. We just having fun. It changes, you know. 
And in that, it wants to come out and expose itself. And it will expose. And here's another thing to throw on top of that. Even if it is, you know, kind of casual, adultery type of thing, before long you start to feel guilty. Hmm? That's why, ladies or gentlemen, if your man is cheating on you, just keep the roadie coming. Because that would make him feel so guilty. Yes. Yes. Because if you ever stop the roadie from coming, he's going to start to think, nah, I'd be better off with this one. You just keep that roadie coming. Just keep it coming. Keep it coming. Keep it coming. Huh? The roadie will expose it. Just keep it coming. Because uh, if you've got a good man, yes, if you've got a good man, this works with husbands too, if your wife is cheating. Just, just, uh, just keep the allowance coming. Whatever, whatever you're doing, for, just keep it coming. So if they're good, oh, they're going to feel so guilty. Uh, and you don't have, have to hire no private eye. Uh, you don't have to see 12 prophets and I pay who knows what. Is my husband cheating on me? My wife cheating on me? Oh no. You just keep the roadie coming. The roadie will do it. Because you're feeling guilty inside. Huh? Now, this happens too, you know. I don't know why I got on this lesson of adultery, but here, here we are until the Lord changed my mind. See, here's another thing that happens. So, let's, let's just say the man is cheating and and you're the roadie maker, right? Keep it coming. Unless you can't cook roadie, you find something else. But, you know, I'm just trying to speak in a Trinidadian language. You keep the roadie coming. Now, what's going to happen? Is this man going to come home and you're nice? Is he going to start to feel bad? Now, he may try to start some fights with you. Do things. Because... Because he feels bad and you're nice. Keep the roadie coming. Keep the roadie coming. Hmm? Keep the roadie coming. Hmm? Yeah. You don't need to go to Mama Pearl and, and, and get some kind of spell or nothing to sprinkle on him at night while he's sleeping. Just keep the roadie coming. Huh? Before long, all the beans are going to spill. As I said... Some of the time he's going to start getting angry with you, wanting to fight with you. Because he can't handle your goodness. He wants you to know and not know. And he wants you to justify the fact that he's cheating on you. Hmm? Yes. Now, I know of two in here. Presently. I'm not in the past right now. Praise the Lord. The past is behind us. Although it could be haunting you. But listen. Jesus says, I don't condemn you. Just stop it. Amen. And that's what I would say to these two individuals. One on my left and one on my right. I don't condemn you. Just stop it. Just stop it. Just stop it. And here's something that might be a little controversial. I know a lot of pastors probably wouldn't agree with me. 
Get out of it and don't tell nobody. What you want to cause more pain for? Guess what? You're going to have to carry that all the way to your grave and the judgment. But why you want to hurt somebody? But what most couples say, most people say, they say, but honesty and truth will set you free. And granted it will. But if you have dealt with it in the blood of Jesus, if you ain't dealt with it in the blood of Jesus, you're going to get cancer or something and die young. It's got to be in the blood of Jesus and you got to stop that thing. Once it's in the blood of Jesus, Jesus said, why do you want to hurt anybody else? Yeah. That's not keeping a secret from somebody. That's because I love you. Because I love you, I ain't going to tell you the nastiness I was doing. Let me bury that pain. But you can only do that in Christ. Now, I know everybody don't agree with that. But why are you adding pain to pain? And your children are finding out and just pain to pain. Huh? One thing that make you pray. Lord, this ain't going to show up one day, is it? Huh? This, if you truly repent. Hmm? If you truly repent. Whatever you used to be. If you truly repent. Truly under the blood. Not just say, okay. I ain't going to do it no more, so I'm free. No, just, just quitting is not enough because you're guilty. And it's going to want to come out one way or the other. It's going to eat its way out of you. Hmm? Maybe with diabetes, something else. You got to make sure it's under the blood of Jesus. If you can't get it under the blood of Jesus, then you may have to confess it. In all cases, you do what God tells you to do. But sometimes, why do you want to hurt somebody? Carry it to the grave with you. Mm. Truly repent. Truly put it under the blood of Jesus. Mm. Yes. Because that's all. Because see, here's what happens. You confess that. And then you put so much pressure on this person to trust you after that. Now, I, you, you, you listen. In my house, you're welcome to disagree with me. All I asked in my house is this respect my view and just chew on it a little bit right but if you don't agree that's anything anything comes out of my mouth I don't want you to believe it until you believe it just just respect me for who I am right maybe you're right maybe you're not right everybody understand but this is what happened you you, you tell the other person because I've seen more trouble out of somebody confessing that they had an adulterous affair, especially, uh, you know, just a one-time thing. Now, if it's been so long and there's kids involved, all right, that may need something else, right? Everybody with me? But it's so hard for that person to ever trust you again. So not only did you commit adultery on them in secret, you tell them. What hurt them the most? The adultery that they just suspected? That they don't suspect anymore because they can't feel it because it's dead? Or the fact that you did this? And it's so hard. You better quit agreeing so much. She's already starting to think, why are you agreeing so much, Gary? <laughs>
don't expose yourself right here now, you know. I tell you, I tell you. He's sitting there saying, Amen. 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 Unless you've got a secret, you know. But she's already starting to say. Um, he cheats, she cheats, both of you cheat. And because you're not strong in the faith, you don't ever trust that person again. So repentance is supposed to bring healing. But sometimes it's too painful. And even if they stay together after that, it's like, I can't trust, I can't trust. It's haunting. So you be the judge. What is the right thing to do? Now if there's children on both sides or three sides or what have you like that, all right. Might have to do something else here. Everybody understand? Always pray and ask God what you need to do. But here's the thing. The Lord didn't get you into that trouble. He did not tempt you. Right? Did not tempt you. And let me say this again while I'm on this subject. I don't know why I'm on this subject, but let me say this again while I'm on this subject. It is more likely a married person will commit some sort of adultery more than a single person. A single person... Well, they used to not having much sex in their life, right? So it's not such a strain. A married person, once you start getting angry with each other, you're pushing the other one to have an affair. Hmm. It says there's no scorn like a woman. What? No wrath like a woman scorn. Um, but the more... The more you get angry in that marriage, the more you're going to say. So it's not like a single person. It's more like, I need comforting. And sometimes, I mean, I'm amazed at how many times we just cheat on them to get back at them. Well, you know, the only way you can get revenge is for them to find out, you know. So you can't do revenge and not tell them, oh, I got even with them. Only a few people are warped like that, but usually... You got to let the other person know. Listen, if you're in a relationship or marriage, don't let that anger come in. Because it's going to push you to do something you don't want to do. Amen. I know this is a very quiet subject. <laughs> Glory to God. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. But I got to say what the Lord tells me to say, right? Let's see. There's one, there's two. They say you can always find the worst sinners on the back. I don't know if that's true. <laughs> Depends on whether they're trying to deceive you. Sometimes they run to the front and say, Praise the Lord. Is he coming my way? Praise the Lord. <laughs> All right. You know, that's a, that's a terrible thing to carry in it. A few moments of fun. A few moments of fun, you remember it your whole life, but you can't remember how good it was. All you remember is feeling bad. Listen, the Lord can wipe it out of your mind. Once you make up your mind, hey, I learned my lesson. Right? 
Because I feel a little guilt back here too. Like I said, I'm a good prophet. I ain't going to point you out, right? We do have a prayer room if, if you would like prayer in that direction or any other direction. And it'd be just you and the counselors and God. Amen? Everybody understand? Listen, things happen, right? And sometimes you think you're bulletproof. But see, it's when your blood gets hot that you do stupid things. And that's when the magic starts to happen. That's when clothes just miraculously find themselves in the floor. Because it's the spirit of the world. Right? Now, I don't want to talk too much on this subject because a few people already started squirming so much I'm afraid they're going to expose themselves and we don't want no backing out in the church. If, if, if you are presently in that or thinking about it, if you need help, go to prayer room. If you're presently in it and you can quit this thing and give it to God, go to prayer room. Jesus can help you, right? Consider this a freebie. Salvation. I've come to rescue you today, says the Lord, right? Or anything else that you might be doing in your life that you know is not the right thing to do. Any business deals that you know is not the right thing to do. Amen? Hallelujah. Glory to God. So we only have a few minutes left. But in all honesty, if, if there's something in that direction or any direction you need some guidance, and you, you don't feel like you can talk to God, you can't get a, connected with Him, go to the prayer room. Amen. So I want us to remember we're going to have healing service Friday night. Somebody's left arm hurts them. Someone your left arm has been hurting you. Identify yourself quickly. Who's, whose left arm has been hurting you? That's the one on the opposite side of your right. That's you. Come. Well, I could see your left arm has been hurting you. <laughs> Come, please. Mm. Mine come this way. Listen, I, I know you don't particularly like being in a church light. Yes, you're used to other kind of lights, right? All right. Let's forget that. There's a reason. Because I saw you, and I realized the Lord said, He don't like church lights. Yeah. You like nightclub lights? You've never been to a nightclub? You don't like too much of it. Is that what you tell all your friends? No, I'm teasing. I tease it. I didn't bring you up here to persecute you. I just, I just brought you up here so that you know, I know you. So you really don't like the church light, right? You can look at them. They won't bite. Oh, okay. Um, so what's wrong with y'all? Well, I went to sleep the other night. And when I get up, I don't know if I apparently I hit it on the wall during sleep. But I get up with a real pain in the neck. Is there any bruises on it? I went and did an x-ray. 
And it showed that the bone chip. Chip? Yeah. Huh? What was you fighting in your sleep? <laughs> Lord, what's he fighting? So you're pretty sure that's when it happened? Yeah, yeah. Because oh, you woke up with it hurt. I woke up with it hurt. All right. So where do you work? Nam that go farmers market. All right. The Lord says his people at work is aggravating you. Yes, sir. They're trying to. What do you What do you do there? Operate forklift. Operate what? Forklift. Operate a forklift. There's some people that. That's giving you a hard time now. It's almost like they're against you, yes. right? Do you know why they're against you? Probably from my experience. Uh, I can't really say. I can't really say. All right. That's where it's coming from. What you're fighting with. And, uh, you know, sometimes we say, forget you, forget you, forget you. We, don't, we can forget them, you know. And all at once they start to manifest in our subconscious in dreams or what have you. And we get to fighting. That's where it come from, right? Listen, what God has given you, nobody can take away. Sometimes some persecution come. You keep being kind. And you will find yourself getting promotion and not demotion, right? Amen. Right? When God is for you, can't nobody cause you no trouble. As long as you keep a kind heart. Don't repay evil for evil. Amen? All right. So, they said it was chipped. The doctor said it was chip. Yeah, the bone chip. Bone two chip. Places. In two places. Yeah. All right. All right. Is any pain there? Well, actually, um, since I came in the door, the pain kind of eased up. Oh. <laughs> Glory to God. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. I'm going to speak a healing on your arm. Now, I'm not going to tell you what to do with that thing or what doctors told you to do, right? But the pain eased up, not by medication, but by the presence of God. Not by me talking to you, but by the presence of God. And so we're having a service Friday night for healing. But the Lord says there's somebody in here, left arm, hurting, right? And uh, huh? believe me, I didn't search for you and say, wow, he got a sling on his left arm. I bet his left arm's hurting. No, 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 no. I did not even see that. In fact, I said, oh, I see why your left arm's hurting. All right. So I want you to understand that God is on your side. And those people that's causing you trouble, he's going to send them running. But I speak healing on your arm, a miraculous healing on your arm, right? Now, you do what you feel led to do. If you want to do it the doctor's way, that's fine. No more pain, right? No more pain. No more pain, right? Healing. Amen. Healing. No more pain, right? We all must receive by faith. I never tell nobody to throw away their medicine. I never tell nobody don't go to the doctor. It's by your faith, right? But I've seen God do too much to be silent. Amen. Especially when he calls you out from this very subject. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
So you started coming to church? You come, you come here a lot? Yeah, well, this today how I end up in church, I came to jump off something for Brother Percival. Uh-huh. And I said, well, I come to jump him, and I come with my uh-huh. friend, and we come here and just listen I, to the rest I of the service. You. I got you. Um, the light of God is going to begin to reveal itself more to you. Yes? See, when I hear you talk, I know you're a good person. Amen. And I know you want to do good. Yes? Um, you can, you kind of... You kind of come from a rough background. You've had a lot of beatdowns in your life. Yeah. True. So God's talking to you, right? That's going to stop. Because for some reason or another, the light of heaven, and not the light of a nightclub. I'm just playing with you. <laughs> the light of heaven, right? It's going to begin to reveal itself more in your life. And you're going to find yourself ministering to people about God. You already do. Huh? You do. You you ministered to a woman recently. Oh God. There's, there's this woman that you ministered to, maybe a little size to her. Probably my hairdresser. Your hairdresser. That sounded like it. So you was talking to her, right? Yeah, about God. Yeah. All right. Listen. You're gonna witness more and more, and God's Amen. just gonna give you revelation. Yeah. Huh? Amen. Who the world tries to reject, God accepts. Right? So you're not going to be afraid of church lights. No. Right? Never. You're not going to be afraid to testify. No. Or, 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 or anything else. Because you're going to come back with a testimony about that arm one way or the other. Right? Amen. All right. Mm-hmm. So you, you want a vehicle. Yeah, a van. A van. All right. What you gonna do with the van? Well, I you, do you mean like a? See, I, I never understand Trinidad pick, like oh, a pickup truck. The um, transfer like animals, farm animals, farming. Farming. So you do some farming. Yeah, my Okay, so you want a pickup truck? Yeah. It's gonna have to be a small animal. Most of these new trucks got a little. Yeah. You have to put the. <laughs> what kind of animals you wanna carry? Chicken, duck. Okay, all right, that, that'll fit. We're okay now. All right. We're okay. So, so you like doing that? Yeah. I grew up with family from farming. My grandparents uh-huh. are and, and you want to continue yeah, that? Continue. Is that what you would like to do full time? Yeah. All right. So we've got to tell God what you want to do full time. That's what you want to do full time. Yeah. I want to make sure my agriculture business comes out successful. Okay. Right. animals, sell, right. help. Not little agricultural business. If you tell me this is what you want to do, we ain't going right. to make it little. Uh, and you can tell the people what to do with them, their forklift, right? Yeah. That's what you want, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, see, we're, we're, we're on the same language. Huh? Listen, you're thinking it while you're hiding it for. Right? <laughs> for right now, Lord, we thank you for the forklift. That's Lord. But you know where our heart is. We like chickens and ducks. So, so, you want a vehicle. Do you have a vehicle at all? Yeah, I had two vehicles. I sold them in the past. Sold. All right. But you, you're looking for a pickup. Yeah, I Right? It's coming. You're going to get... Are you presently looking for, for, for you presently looking for a vehicle? 
Yes. Okay. Yes, I am. So you have some means to buy it. Yeah. Right. All right. Monday or Tuesday, you're gonna get some news. Right. That's all I'm gonna say. Right. Yeah. Monday or Tuesday, you're gonna get some news. Right. Maybe point you in the right direction or something. Right. That's what I heard the Lord say. But the vehicle is yours. You be patient. Be patient with the forklift and all the forklift people. You be patient, right? Yeah. And we're going to quit calling that thing little, if that's what you want to do. Yes? And you can make a living at that yeah. if you have enough money to invest in all those things, right? Yes. All right. So we don't need no big, big miracle. We just need some money, right, to invest. Is that true? Yes. All right. It's going to happen. Yes? It's going to happen. Amen. The Lord is going to make it happen. You just keep following his light and trust in him. Amen. Amen. The Lord is with you. Yes, and that arm, good as new. Right? Yay. Amen. Amen. Glory, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. All right. You're going to have a blessed week this week. If you want to. I don't want to force it on you. I'm, I'm not pushy. I, I, I don't want to force you to have a good week if you don't want to have one. But if you want to have one, it is yours, says the Lord. Be blessed.